almost every ambitious woman I've ever spoken to has had all of that is not true rest. We know that, right? We know that at least intellectually. True rest is really just relaxing into the present moment, not stressing out about work and just embracing doing nothing or just be in play, right? Those are things that every human body needs periodically. That is simply how we were designed. We are creatures in a way that need to come back to that cyclicality instead of just constantly being on that treadmill of productivity and hustle. Because you know what? That's actually not ultimately that productive in the long term. So that's what this episode is about. I was inspired to talk about this, I think actually yesterday, because I really took most of the weekend off, just first time in a while. Because last week I went to LA. I'm what I like to tell people is nomadish. I have a home base in Sacramento where I live with my best friend. And I also visit San Francisco, LA, and New York quite a bit. So about half my time I'm not in Sacramento, half my time I'm here. And it's a really nice arrangement for me right now. But what it means is sometimes when I go to LA or New York, I just really pack in my schedule with all these coffee dates and all these events, dinners that I'm either attending or hosting or co-hosting, all kinds of things that just become so back-to-back. And then, of course, I want to squeeze in time to see my good friends in different cities. And so it just ends up being a situation where every time I jet off to San Francisco, LA, or New York, I'm trying to fit in so much into my schedule that it gets a little overwhelming. And so this past week I was in LA, I did a lot. I went to these different events. I hosted my own event and it was all successful. I felt so grateful for all of it. But by the time I got back to Sacramento Friday night, I was just so, so wiped out. So I decided to really just let myself fully have my Saturday to not work at all other than a podcast episode because I'm still doing my 100-day challenge. And I also was prompted because my mom texted me. She is the sweetest thing ever, guys. She sent me this text message in the morning on Saturday saying basically something along the lines of, good morning. I hope you get some time to rest today. You deserve it. You've earned it. And it was just such a nice reminder. Her little nudge was the nudge I needed to be like, she's right. I really should take that time to just rest. And so anyway, long story short, Saturday, I decided to not only just take hours to catch up on a reading that was totally not work-related, which was so fun. I haven't been able to do that in a while. And then I ordered myself some Ethiopian food and I decided to watch Lord of the Rings. So that was my night. It was nerdy. It was glorious. It was filled with Ethiopian food. I was in my cozy, fluffy robe. Shout out to Collective Alexis Barber, who has created the comfiest robes in existence. And it was just a glorious Saturday. And I haven't done that in so long, you guys. And it would have been so hard for me to do this a few years ago, especially when you're an entrepreneur or when you're a small business owner or whatever, right? Whether you're bootstrapping or you're venture backed, if you are in charge of a business, you never really feel like the work is finished, right? You always feel like there's a mountain of things that you need to be doing. Also, I think there is a bit of a complex that capitalism can instill in us. I think we can glorify hard work to the point where the misery itself is a badge of honor. You know what I mean? Like it becomes a thing where the harder we work, the more we sacrifice ourselves and our well-being and our sleep, the more we feel like we did a good job. We earned something. That can be really insidious because then your self-worth gets tied to your productivity. And that's not good because then whenever our self-worth is tied to something that cannot truly be the source of our genuine self-worth, the pursuit of that thing can become endless. 
That, I think, is an epidemic. I think that's something that basically everybody I know, all my peers, everybody I know has that to some extent. Now, the caveat here is this. Of course, hard work matters. There are always times in life, especially if we're trying to do something big or meaningful, where we just need to make sacrifices. We just need to work hard. We might have really long nights. We might need to say no to certain things that we care about because we're trying to do something worthy and difficult. There are phases where this kind of a sprint where you're just going all out, that, that is what is needed and there's no way around it, right? You just have to hustle. You actually have to hustle and it's not toxic for you to be hustling. It's literally what is needed. But there's a difference between hard work, which is not necessarily a stressful, depleting thing, and excessive exertion. And the difference is one is simply coming from a place of desire. This is what needs to get done. This is the work in front of me. I have to do it. And then the other is coming from fear. It is being fueled by fear. And fear in the context of work feels like stress. And stress eats up our vitality in this way that is so depleting and actually makes us less effective, less productive. So that's the difference. And that's what I want to zoom in on is that distinction between are you putting in hard work from a place of desire and joy and inspiration, and you know you're being pulled by your desire and passion, and it doesn't feel depleting. In fact, the hard work just keeps coming back to you in the form of replenishment. That's a whole different ballgame than the one where you are exerting yourself. You're depleting yourself because you're constantly acting from a place, a state of fear and stress and scarcity and what if, and you're panicked about the consequences. The difference is the stress. The difference is, are you gaining that energy back because you're passionate and excited and you're seeing progress? Or are you just giving, giving, giving and getting nothing in return because you're just acting from a place of fear? So that is up to you to ask yourself. Really check in with yourself. Ask yourself, am I acting from a place of, I want to, I desire this, I am excited and passionate? Or is it coming from a place of fear and scarcity and panic? Because if that's the case, that's very understandable. But also, if you don't acknowledge it and really fully become aware that that is the state that is driving you, and sometimes we're not aware, right? We're kind of just on autopilot, just hustling, 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 too focused on that next milestone to be able to even just really step back and look at ourselves and look at the clenched, tense, frenetic energy that we are putting into everything. That state can hijack us. That fear can hijack us and we don't even realize it. But if we don't realize it, that's when it can be really insidious and depleting. But when we start to become aware of it, we can start to tease out some of the narratives that are driving that fear and therefore dissolve them, start to work on replacing them with more constructive narratives that don't tell us, if I stop moving and running, then everything is going to collapse. Usually stories that our mind tells us, they're not accurately interpreting reality. They're feeding us these stories that are false, that are exaggerated, that are catastrophizing. That fear voice can really blow things out of proportion. And when that happens, when we believe in these really exaggerated narratives, that's when we feel stress and the stress is what robs us of our well-being. And I experienced this too, you guys. But again, like I said a few years ago, this was so much harder for me to give up because I felt like I had to keep moving I had a lot less flexibility in my schedule, or so I thought. By the way, that is something that can happen too, where we just believe there's no other way. But actually, if we really, really confront the truth, there are lots of things that we can minimize or delegate or say no to even and really focus on the 80-20 or, you know, things we can reprioritize such that we're giving ourselves a little more 
breathing room. So I invite you to unhook from that story that tells you that your worth is in your productivity and that the more you hustle and really just squeeze yourself dry, the more worthy and deserving you are of everything that you desire. I really took that break this weekend because I felt like I deserved it. And I'm able to do that now without feeling guilt. Before, I would not have been able to do that without feeling guilt. And the reason I'm able to do this now is because I have seen that input is not equal to output. That in fact, the thing that determines quantity and quality of output is actually how inspired I am and how magnetic I am. And that entirely is based on me feeling joyful and rested and creative and inspired. Like being in that state of just feeling good and juicy in my body, like when I'm able to just inhabit that state, that is when I am not only magnetic, I personally believe, to all kinds of abundance and opportunities and just even people, but also that's when I have the best ideas. That's when I can create my best work. I personally believe that the impact that we have on the world around us is only 50% about what we actually do. And the other 50% is about the energy that we're adding to the world. And the energy that we add to the world, I was talking to a good friend about this the other day, the energy that we add to the world is actually a direct mirror of the energy within us that that thing came from. So if you want to add more joy and empowerment to the world, I personally believe that it has to come from that place within you. Like imagine wanting to add more peace and joy to the world, but creating whatever you're creating in order to do that from this strained, resentful, miserable place. It just doesn't work that way. I think that the most impactful thing we can do is get our inner being right. I personally think that the most impactful thing we can do, especially if we care about making a change, about shifting the way that society is operating because so many things feel broken, I think the most impactful thing we can do is get our own house in order in the sense of getting our own inner state in that clear, present, embodied, joyful place, that magnetic place. And then whatever we do from that place, whether we create a startup or act as a leader or a manager or an employee or a creator, whatever we end up doing from that place, I think it'll have a distinct signature. I think it'll have a distinctly uplifting kind of signature to it. Kind of a, I think it'll have something distinctly. I think it can have a different impact because of where it's coming from. So basically, I mean, this entire solo episode, if it's not yet obvious, is me making the case for resting. And I want to finish that. And then I want to go into some tips I have just summarizing everything in terms of actual advice. So it's important to rest. It's important to learn to rest without feeling guilty, because if you rest while feeling guilty, it's not true rest, right? So Basically, it's important to learn true rest, which does not come with guilt, which does not come with stress, which does not come with, oh my God, do I deserve to be taking a break and really enjoy simply being instead of doing. So that is true rest. And the reason that's important is because not only do we deserve it, not only do we deserve it, but we also deserve for the work we do in the world to feel light and joyful and easy wherever possible. My mantra for Part of last year and also part of this year is this. And it's one of my favorite sort of like affirmations right now. It gets to be easy. It gets to be easy. It gets to be easy. Again, there are times when hard work is important, but when it is an option, it gets to be easy. And we get to enjoy, enjoy the process, enjoy our own presence, feel good about what we're doing instead of stressed, instead of stressed 
not stressed, not tense, not self-sacrificing because our well-being matters. Us having the time to do the things that we love outside of work, to spend time with those we love, those things matter. That is what life is really about, right? Like think about what you're going to look back on on your deathbed. It's not going to be, I wish I worked more. It's going to be, I wish I just enjoyed life more. So let's be nostalgic right now for this present moment for today and literally do that now ahead of the curve. Get ahead of things so we don't have those regrets looking back in the future. Rest is important. Rest is self-care. Rest is true self-care. Rest without guilt is true rest. We deserve rest. We deserve to have it feel easy. We deserve to feel relaxation in our bodies. And also when we do, that's when we're the most magnetic. That's when we're the most creative. That's when we're the most efficient in terms of our input being able to yield a high amount of output. We talked about that. Excess effort is often driven by fear and fear is stressful and stress can deplete us. So it's important to see that for what it is and to acknowledge the stories, the narratives that are driving that so we can disprove them to ourselves definitively one by one so we can work on that explicitly because fear will tell us that stress is productive when it's not. And fear will tell us that stress and the stress that comes from constant hustle, fear tells us that that kind of stress is a badge of honor, but it's not. Because when we're in alignment and flow is when we are able to produce the most work and the best work. And we're able to recalibrate so we find that genuine alignment where we come back to the path that is the truest path for us. And that's where we can produce the best outcomes anyway. Now, how do you actually practice resting? All of that is leading to these key points. So what I have found is that first of all, learning to acknowledge and fully see the guilt that comes with rest is important because if you don't see it and acknowledge it, you can't really heal it. So learning to see that guilt and not cling to it because you think it's some sort of thing that makes you, again, more worthy, more deserving, because I I certainly did. I thought the guilt meant that I cared and the guilt meant that I was really, really so attached to being productive and look how productive I am and look how busy I am and look how worthy, therefore, I am and deserving. That is how much I have to pour my blood, sweat and tears into something to make myself feel worthy and deserving. Like that is the illusion that I was living under. So I was not willing to let go of my guilt. But then eventually I came to this place where I realized It doesn't have to be like this. I don't want it to be like this. There has to be a better way. And so I started to intentionally sort of have this willingness, embrace this willingness to let go of, release the guilt. So first you have to, so the guilt is not serving anyone. It's not serving you. It's not serving your loved ones. It's not not actually serving your work. Guilt is not going to make you do better work in the world. So acknowledge that and then start to dissolve that. When it comes to dissolving and healing some of these patterns and narratives, I think you can just use whatever modalities work for you. Some people go to therapy, some people, you know, do tapping or psychedelics or whatever, what have you. Like, I think there are lots of amazing modalities out there and I can't tell you exactly what one is the right one for you. I personally have found that just having even a sporadic mindfulness practice has helped me overcome a lot of stuff, a lot of these stories that are not necessarily serving me. I personally love the book, The New Earth by the same author. They kind of say the same things in my opinion, but that book I read The Power of Now when I was 17 and it really changed my life. And that has been just my sort of Bible in a way. I'm not religious. I don't really identify as religious, but if I had to have a text that I come back to to kind of learn to transcend some of the things that 
have held me back, that book has been the one. So for me personally, the practices embedded in that book around being more aware of my pattern, he calls our pain body, and just being more conscious of them and also learning to just be present in our bodies to feel our feelings fully so we can feel them and then process them and then release them. Like Those are the practices that have worked for me, but I think everybody has different things that are right for them in their toolkit. So I won't necessarily prescribe something specific for you, but I just think that acknowledging whatever guilt that we might feel or resistance we might feel to rest is the very first thing we need to do. Like first, we need to dissolve any resistance to rest in order to be able to rest because otherwise, again, we're going to rest without truly resting. So that's the first thing. The next thing is remember that rest is ROI positive. This works for me because I remember all the times, especially in the past couple of years when I've chosen to step back and just give myself space to be in a state of being, not just doing, not just gripping and clinging and, you know, grinding. Like when I step back from that frenetic pace, I actually end up replenishing myself in a way that makes me more effective. So every time I collect one more data point that proves that that is actually better for me for not only my well-being, but also my actual work in the world, then I have more of a case, right? More justification to keep releasing that guilt, releasing that resistance to rest and really embracing that cyclicality. And then I would say the third thing is learn to take inspired action. When you learn to take inspired action, you begin to see just how massively different the output can be in terms of both the quality of the output and also the quantity of the output. And when you see that, then you learn that a whole new way is possible, a way that is predicated not on constant grinding and hustling, pushing and forcing, but on resting. And then after you rest, after you finish that phase of rest that your body is calling for you to do. So to summarize all of this, I believe that there is a way of being where we befriend our body's need for rest and we can embrace that deep rest without any guilt. And when we can fully occupy that state of rest is when we are replenished so thoroughly that we can produce our best work, that we can be our most magnetic selves and we can access our intuition, our inspiration. And when we can be present for our lives. So that is my spiel. I hope this resonates in some way. I want to share it with everyone because I think learning to deeply rest is fundamental to genuine empowerment. Because genuine empowerment is not just about making a lot of money and being really successful. It's about feeling like we are in control of our lives and feeling the feelings we want to feel day to day. Like we are in the state of being that feels the most easeful and relaxed and empowered and confident. Like those are all parts of what I believe should be the true definition of empowerment. And that's what I want for everybody listening, for all the women. I mean, everyone basically, especially everybody who lives in a capitalist system, because it's hard. It's extra hard to do that in a system that is exquisitely designed and engineered to squeeze out productivity from every last thing, including non-loving things. And you deserve better than that. You deserve to learn to make that system work for you when you want it, how you want it. So with that being said, I will talk to you guys later. I hope you enjoy this episode and feel free to DM me and let me know what you think on Instagram. Okay.